This is the OK Outcast Podcast, your home for Oklahoma political intrigue and insight. Hello, folks. Welcome to OK Outcasts. Glad to have all Americans and worldwide citizens here listening to my co-host Brittany and I chatter about today's politics. What do you know, Brittany? Hey, Chris. Uh, It's uh, looking pretty fun up here in Minnesota. Uh, The fall colors have come in real beautiful up here in northern Minnesota. I'm looking out my window at the woods right now and all the shades of yellows and oranges uh, against the evergreens. Really beautiful time of year. It absolutely is here too. Unfortunately, I had to close the window because the breeze coming through the house was a little noisy, but it is absolutely gorgeous here in Oklahoma as well. See the sacrifices we have to make for you folks. (laughs) Do you understand? The The struggle um, is real. First people problems. Oh, goodness (laughs) gracious, it's difficult. But yeah, um, do you have anything fun you did on your weekend? Uh, do you vacation in Bermuda or something? Uh, no, but uh, late last week we did take a day to uh, go down to Lake Superior and uh, hang out at the North Shore for a little bit and drive through Superior National Forest, taking a good look at the fall colors. Beautiful, beautiful time of year. It is uh, absolutely amazing up north. I can remember going all the way to Tahoe when I was a kid. I know that's a very different area than you're living in, but it's, still, it's up, up north. The, it's got the forested area, so yeah, it looks kind of similar to that in a way. It was kind of funny um, when we were driving through the desert on a family road trip, a very old school concept. Uh, when we were driving through the Death Valley, uh, my parents were explaining to my sister, Sarah, and I, oh, no, that's a mirage. And so we got to Lake Tahoe, and my sister was sleeping, and I was like, wake up, wake up, look at the lake, it's so pretty. And she's like, it, it, it's a mirage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is absolutely not a mirage. Lake Tahoe is real. (laughs) (laughs) It's a body of water that is very deep. Um, Well, um, what's what's going on in Oklahoma politics this week, Chris? Well, uh, last week we had Extraordinary Session. Extraordinary. It was extraordinary indeed, Brittany very extraordinary. Um, So what we're doing was spending the ARPA money. Now, this is government cheese that Uh, uh, comes from the... American Recovery Act? Correct. And so we had to get an extraordinary session together to finalize the government cheese spending. And uh, we got it done. We spent the money. So, yay us. 
This does come with a little bit of complexity, however. So SB3, which is for a thing with government hospitals, state government hospitals, that lets us spend that government cheese on uh, basically, uh, in this case, it's a pediatric hospital. It would add 80 beds to the um, facility Rainbow, which is an awesome facility. And uh, got the $39.6 million spent. Great. We got 80 more beds. Awesome. It does come with a caveat, though. What caveat is that, Chris? I think it might be something we touched on a little last week. Well, basically, it means that th th this is a, a lot about mental health. And uh, so the big issue that came up kind of originating from Senator Shane Jett, who used to be a reasonable human being, is puberty blockers and surgery, aka red herring, on trans kids. So I'm going to tiptoe very lightly in this realm, Brittany. Uh, if you could maybe walk us through this a little bit, because... Yeah. Um, so basically, um, Senator Jett and some of his Christo-fascist cohorts uh, wanted to put strings on this money that uh, OU Health could only get the money if they would agree to stop providing puberty blockers and or surgeries to trans kids. Now, as you mentioned, the surgeries thing's a red herring. Um Kids don't get genital surgeries um, to even qualify for a genital surgery. You generally have to be 18 or older. Um, and the puberty blockers, the whole point is that those are supposed to buy you time until you're 18 to be able to make the decision yourself as to... To, to be able to make an adult decision as to how you want to live the rest of your life. Now, what puberty blockers are is they basically allow a kid who identifies as trans to put off puberty, you know, for a few years and kind of prevent some of those secondary sex characteristics from developing um, that might make a difference in a person's transition. So, for example... In my case, I didn't start my transition till 25, which is why I have a bit of a deeper voice and that I've just had to train myself to talk around it because my voice deepened and there's nothing that can undo that puberty. Um, and then I had to spend thousands of dollars on facial hair removal, you know, laser and electrolysis and, you know, if, if a kid who's transitioning from male to female is on those puberty blockers, then, you know, she wouldn't have her deep voice wouldn't happen. And, you know, she could prevent that extra thick body hair from coming in. And, 
stop the facial hair from coming in and it really allows a trans kid to thrive and and be a more fit more into the gender they're trying to live as um now there are some some issues there that that can be discussed but um does that kind of help walk us through the first part of this i think it does and we've kind of talked a little bit about this and I think part of the problem here is because we're forcing a community to come together and be a monolith, uh, monolith, um, we can't have a more nuanced discussion about the entire issue. Um, I have heard multiple different arguments from multiple different people that I deeply respect, including you, Brittany, and they range from this could affect uh, straight cis women with um, uh, hormone therapy, a.k.a. birth control, because it's a slippery slope. And, you know... Well, yeah, it's basically once the government has decided it can substitute its judgment over your doctor's judgment, it's getting into your private medical decisions and making them for you. And I don't know anybody who would trust their legislator to make their medical decisions over their doctor. Well, ever since Yen left the Senate, we don't have uh, any legislator that's a doctor. Um, I asked Dr. Yen once, whether he prefers to be called senator or doctor. And he said doctor because he spent a lot more time becoming a doctor than he did becoming a senator. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. So uh, another friend, um, mutual friend of ours, um, pointed out that anybody that wants to make a transition in their early life has got to be sure because this is not exactly the most friendly environment here in Oklahoma toward trans people, right? Yeah, and this this idea of these trans trenders or something and that kids are just trying to go on puberty blockers just because it's a big trend right now. I've just seen zero real evidence of that. It seems to be born of right-wing hysteria media um, and based on very little, you know, real evidence. Um, and, you know, I, I think one of the best ways I've seen it put is, yes, we are seeing more kids identifying as trans today than 20 years ago. But that's also because the issue has become more talked about and open than it was 20 years ago. And so just like before it was okay to be left-handed, you know, very few people identified as left-handed. But once they're once the stigma of left-handedness was removed, the numbers went way up initially and then hit like a stabilizing point 
because it was just reflecting more accurately the number of left-handed people in society. And I think we've just seen something similar with transgender, whereas there just used to be so little understanding of it and so little talked about of it and so little access to medical care that a lot of people who were trans didn't necessarily know that they were or know how to express that and how to get the proper care. So, yeah, while we've seen an increase, I don't think it's, you know, some unnatural increase born of people just trying to be trendy. Completely understood. And so I have a, I guess the tough question for me about SB3 was the correct decision made here that the 80 beds for the kids, despite the fact that this was a transphobic bill, was that worth the compromise? I mean, I, I'm, I'm torn on it, um, you know, because I, I get, why maybe some Republicans who might have had some misgivings about this would just go along to get along here. Um, but on the other hand, you've now set a dangerous precedent that, you know, anytime the right wing makes up a false hysteria about a certain medical treatment, that the legislator, the legislature can start substituting its own judgment in place of individuals and their doctors. And and so it's not something that respects medical privacy, and it's something that very much smacks of Christo-fascism, of, you know, we're going to in we're going to rule by our religious beliefs, and regardless of whether you believe that or not, you now have to live by our rules. Well, I, I I think that that folds into the slippery slope argument. It's there, there's so many things about bodily autonomy that could be tracked here. I, sure. I saw this I saw this commercial about the Apple Watch, and it's like it can track you know whether you're running or doing a front stroke or a back stroke. Um, it can even track when you're ovulating and have your period. And I'm like, danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> this, this, like, um, this is not data you want to be putting out there. Especially in the post-Dobbs environment where Roe has been overturned. Ladies and, you know, maybe female-bodied, whatever identity you are, do not use any kind of tracking for your ovulation. Um, the last thing you need to be doing is creating some record for government officials to use against you later. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come to that, but don't volunteer the information. Absolutely um, do not. Um, it's just not worth it. And, you know, you alluded to something a minute ago about the nuanced conversation here around, like, the puberty blockers, for example. Like, there is a conversation that needs to happen between doctors and patients, uh, particularly around puberty blockers and 
what effects they can have on your body that might be, um, you know, not as good. Um, some of you all might have seen I Am Jazz, the series about a trans teenager who went on puberty blockers and did a reality show about her life. You know, her surgeon indicated that because she went on puberty blockers at such a young age, there was less tissue to work with, and so she required more additional skin grafts, and it took her an extra surgery to, to be able to finish the genital surgery once Jazz was 18, and that there are some real costs associated with those puberty blockers. But now the, the conversation, as you mentioned, forces the trans community into a monolithic view of puberty blockers equals good. And like, we can't have those nuanced conversations for fear that the right is going to take any nuance we have in that discussion and say, see, even trans people don't think trans kids should have access to these. And that's just not my position. But my position is, you know, informed consent, uh, the same as we have with all medical treatment that, you know, it's on you and the doctors that you're trusting to get all the information you need to make the right decision for your situation. Yes. Uh, if you are lucky enough to be an American and have access to health care, uh, you should talk to your doctors. Now, that's an entirely different discussion that would take up an entire episode. But the extraordinary session um, is adjourned to call of the chair uh, by October 14th. This allows the legislature to be able to come back without calling another one if the governor decides to veto any of it. And I do wanna say a lot of good stuff with infrastructure passed that was great and not anti-trans. Yeah. So, um, so it's an interesting move. It kind of puts the governor into a corner because if he vetoes it, they'll come back and everything passed with uh, an, a veto-proof majority, which simply means they can come back and just override everything. And uh, so that makes the governor look like a bitch. Um, <laughs> and, or the governor can just suck it up and sign it. Now, why did all this happen? Why are we in extraordinary session, you might ask? It's all over a grocery tax, which is interesting because this used to be a Democratic issue. Now it's a Republican issue. And the legislature refused to capitulate to the governor saying, okay, I'll sign all these bills if you agree to no grocery tax. And the legislature said, fuck off. And, uh, went forward anyway and so now we've had two special sessions or extraordinary sessions extraordinary special sessions um all the specials and it's the same thing i think i've said that before. you know it's uh, it's really strange to me that in a state like oklahoma that has such an anti-tax kind of attitude generally 
that it's been so hard, even with people in both parties supporting it, to get the grocery tax repealed. Like, you don't pay taxes on groceries in Texas or Minnesota, and we've certainly figured out how to make the budget work just fine without that grocery tax money. Like, why can't they figure it out? Well, um, it, it, it's a budget revenue. It, it's a revenue issue. I mean, if well, you sure. have to ask, you just got to get the revenue from elsewhere. And you'd think, with people on both parties supporting it, that they'd find some compromise of where to make that work, though. Yeah, it would require a increase in income tax for the wealthy class, and that's not going to happen. And that should happen. Oh, and that's this is a whole other issue. Why is no nobody in oklahoma ever running on changing the oklahoma tax brackets in oklahoma for the individual income tax you're in the highest tax bracket as soon as you make like twelve thousand dollars a year because these brackets were set in like the 40s (laughs) well it, it would require because it has been passed uh a constitutional amendment and that means a vote of the people which is tough well maybe you and i need to team up and uh maybe that's the next initiative petition after weed (laughs) well that that could very well be it we've already covered that okay so before we transition into sorry that was not intended as a pun Brittany (laughs) before we transition into Minnesota because that's what we're going to do next it's going to be fun I would like to throw out our thoughts to those in um, the far south in Florida and the surrounding islands they were especially Fort Myers Beach wow just devastating absolutely and uh, our president, Joe Biden, uh, approved money, emergency money, to go to the uh, Floridians. And I guess... He, did, he didn't even confused. go throw paper towels at him, though. <laughs> I, I, I know. He, he hasn't yet. Maybe he's going to drop them from his helicopter. That'd be cool. <laughs> Marine One just littering at the beach with paper towels. Uh, <laughs> and, and water bottles like oh well i chuck that- them at, at people <laughs> i heard you needed water yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there the entire uh senate and house delegation from florida do you know what they did <laughs> voted against it <laughs> why um just out of reflexively being against government spending uh, did you see the boat that is on a house like a large boat <laughs> i did on t- <laughs> it, the it, giant like... shrimp boat that was like in a neighborhood <laughs> yeah these people need some assistance and you know, I, Biden won Florida, didn't he? No, no. 
Okay, yeah, he, yeah, he managed well, to win. Florida's been going red, like, for the last several election cycles. So, but yeah, wait, the president helped a state that voted against him? I know, it's it's crazy, right? Uh, it's almost okay. like he thinks he's supposed to be the president of all of America. Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he know but, the precedent that we just set in the last term? Like, you just got to be president for your side. Yeah. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not getting it. He needs to just probably step down right now. And, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously, they both made some gaffes this week with, or last week with... Um, Kamala saying the completely wrong country, uh, Veep Kamala, and Mr. Biden saying, and I get to say Mr. Biden because I already referred to him as President Biden. That's a journalistic rule. And so, yeah, um, Mr. Biden inadvertently referred to a late. Um, oh, yeah, the like, congresswoman who would wasn't there because she recently died in a car crash yes i mean and... to, to be fair there's like 438 congress people and it would be hard to keep track of every single one all the time <laughs> just have like a constant update like push notifications on your phone about <laughs> it um secret service won't even let you get push notifications so yeah if we go on about this too much longer, we're going to get uh, stuck in the weeds. So what's going on with politics in Minnesota? Well, I'm glad you asked, Chris. Um, it's been a very interesting campaign up here. The, the Republicans nominated their most MAGA governor candidate, which seems like an odd decision considering that in neither 2016 nor 2020 did Minnesota go towards Trump and, in fact, went further away from Trump in 2020 after seeing him in action for four years. So it was real close to flipping in 2016. But, you know, once the good folks in Minnesota saw what that actually looked like in practice, they kind of backed off of that. <laughs> um and yet the Republicans here decided, let's nominate Scott Jensen, the anti-vaccine doctor who's super MAGA. And um, meanwhile, Tim Walls, our current Democratic governor here, he's a former teacher who was a teacher for over a decade before he went to Congress and um, then became governor after that. He has been putting up some wonderful ads because um, Jensen, the Republican, has been running on school vouchers, similar to what uh, Governor Stitt and Ryan Walters are campaigning on there in Oklahoma. But I really like the messaging that Walls has, has been going with. He's got these ads. They've been running even up here in the Duluth TV market, which is you know a pretty rural market. Um, they were running all day throughout NFL football, and he his commercial says, 
My opponent wants to defund education to give tax breaks to wealthy elites. Boom. Anti-voucher slogan right there. Defund education, tax breaks for wealthy elites. Like, and it's just, they're just hitting it over and over. And as I look at the, you know, numbers here on 538.com, they're showing Walls winning in 95 out of 100 simulations. And, you know, his polling numbers have ranged from plus 3 to plus 18, depending on, you know, who's doing the survey. So there is yet to be a poll with Jensen ahead. Um, it definitely seems like Democrats here have seized the messaging battle and, and are doing quite well on that front. Um, and the other thing they're hitting constantly up here is Jensen is also, you know, stridently pro-life and anti-abortion. And so the other ads that have been running just in heavy rotation have been pointing out that Jensen is an extremist on abortion who's outside the mainstream values of Minnesota. And they do use that term values. Um, so they've really been making a, a real pitch to people's values. Um, and it seems to be working quite well. Well, first of all, now we're going to get sued by Seth Myers because you said meanwhile. Um, <laughs> but uh, you libtards up north, that messaging might be nice and cute for you, but it's not going to work down here in middle America, Oklahoma, USA. I don't know. I mean, look at if you look at what happened in Kansas, you know, when when people know that what's at stake, it's easier to to keep them paying attention to that. And I know you and I have talked off air a little bit about the the polling numbers in Oklahoma. And I know you mentioned that in some numbers you've seen you know, the abortion issue, while initially giving a bump to, you know, some on the Democratic side, that it's kind of cooled off of late in Oklahoma. And I wonder how much of that is a lack of messaging on it. That could be true. And uh, we may see a resurgence on that. Um, uh, there, we've seen a record number of women running for office and um, a fellow consultant uh, pointed out to me that she uh, he, th he still thinks that uh, the having a feminine name will actually help you out. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, the, the real question will be how many how many pro-choice Republicans are there in Oklahoma that actually care about that? Um, because as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I really feel like there are more pro-choice Republicans out there than we realized that just kept their mouths shut or went along with pro-life messaging for many years because they always knew they had the backstop of the Supreme Court ruling that it was a fundamental right and that, you know, they could go along with some of the anti-choice legislation knowing the courts were going to stop it. 
Um, so how many of those folks are out there and how many are willing to split their ticket in Oklahoma? That is the question. Which way are you going to pull the lever? Well, I'm pretty sure we are nearing the end of our time. So anything exciting going on on your property? Yeah, we're installing a second driveway so that we can more easily pull our RV out of here when we leave for the winter um, before we head south to Oklahoma next month. Um, so that's something we're working on. Made a bunch of progress. This property's looking awesome. Um, oh, and just uh, the other day we went for a hike on our property and I found at the edge of my property this spruce tree that must be a couple hundred years old it's like you can't get your arms around it it's at least 60 feet tall um it was just massive it's so cool to have such amazing old growth forest on my property i'm really stoked <laughs> that's amazing that's awesome we have a new kitty that's hanging around uh she is named white paw uh, she is Lanky's girlfriend. These are our outdoor cats who just come around. They're not really our cats. We just feed them. Um, They're like, you know, in Istanbul, there's just, you know, random cats that run around that are just everybody's cats. Yes. Uh, Ned is our indoor, um, as my wife would say, furry little baby. And uh, you have your indoor slash outdoor cat. Yeah, he likes is, going for walks in the woods now. He is really digging this. And, yeah. Um, but uh, just so you know, we are cat and dog people just because we both have cats. We still <laughs> like dogs. Dogs um, are cool, uh, too. Um, my my husband wants a dog soon. Um, that may be something we get this winter uh, now that we have some time to actually spend with it and train it. Well, um, I uh, and you've got the land when you get back north to um, put it on. For so, sure. yeah, um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to get a picture. We we should post pictures of cats. That seems to be popular on Facebook, which I, has declined by sixty seven percent. I will do that. I, in fact, my cat's been curled up in my lap this whole time that we've been recording. <laughs> crazy cat my cat never sits in my lap um but you you got a lap kitty yeah. so with that note everybody this is okay outcasts uh thank you for listening good afternoon good evening and good night adios y'all